The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jamie T and A-Track me again it's jimmy t from the pwc your host of the pwc extra and my co-host is back once again he joined me on the carnage he's joining me once again for the extra it's a track black michael davis beep, 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 beep. welcome back to your show my friend what's cracker lacking bro what's going on guys um it's been it's been pretty good uh, down here fucking cold as hell um hmm. but Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm trying to stay warm as possible. Also, staying away from fucking COVID again. I don't yeah. want, I don't want that shit in my house again. But other than that, it, it feels good to be back on the PVC. I know mean, it's been been uh, for a bit of a while since we've done a PVC as well. But hey, uh, at least we're doing one for you, for you guys, and we're not uh, waiting any longer. So, absolutely, bro. It's been a while, man, but I'm glad we're back. And we're just going to stay back. It's just we had a few technical difficulties. It happens, people. It is what it is. But nevertheless, we're back. But man, there's been a bit of news in the world of professional wrestling this week. And uh, let's, let's get into it, track. I mean, let's start off with just like a, a news roundup of the week. But first, we start with Mustafa Ali, who recently requested his release from WWE, which was denied by the company. Ali recently provided an update on Twitter stating that he still has around two and a half years remaining on his current contract. In regards to Ali's current situation in the company, Fightful reported that their sources stated that WWE officials currently do not have any creative plans for Ali. What do you think, my man? Man, Mustafa Ali has, has, always, has always been in a sort of in a stick ever since he, his main watch to debut. Not 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 may want to debut. This is his entire, entire career. Like this is a guy that, that had lost playing chances of being Kudre champion. He lost the opportunity of being Mister Blaine the Bank, perhaps perhaps being going on to WrestleMania and being WWE champion. Because it wasn't for him getting in, injured, Kofi Kingston wouldn't have been in that super match uh, that year. And they tried the whole hacker gimmick and the whole retribution uh, angle, being the leader that. We all know how how that went went down, 
But um, Mustafa Ali, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this, but I do feel bad for him sticking, being WWE for two and a half years and wanting his, his release. And the fact that the, the WWE career doesn't have anything for him, that's dumb as hell. Like, how the hell are you going to have a guy still in WWE and yet you don't, uh, or any company for that matter, and don't do a sit with him? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And hopefully they give him something to do. Otherwise, just fire the guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Like, not, not, and not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying fire him because he sucks. So I fire him because he don't have any form. And you keep on firing people because of quote unquote butter cuts. Why do they, why do they let let go of someone like Ali that you're not doing anything with? with, with. So just, just when that next time you do two uh, releases, have him be have him be the first name out on that list. And have him sit there for nine days so he can go go back to killing it in the in the Midwest. As in Chicago, where his his home hometown and and killing it in Indies, because this guy deserves better, and everybody in in uh, wrestling knows knows it. Hashtag Fiali, fuck you, WWE. You're not fired. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what's going on over there in WWE. Hey, look, man, I'm a fan of Ali's, but he, let's be honest though, dude, he hasn't been such a good little employee. Because, or should I say, you know, subcontractor, whatever you want to call him. Um, I think he should keep his mouth shut, bro. Maybe if he keeps his mouth shut, he wouldn't be. I'm just saying, I think he's becoming too vocal. You know how, you know how it is. WWE don't like it when you tag them out to the universe. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, air your grievances online on social media. That will get you automatic heat, brother. No matter which way you look at it. You know what I'm saying? So maybe... It was just like Keith Lee, bro. He was too vocal on social media. Eventually, he got what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? He was being very, you know, secretive and, you know, cryptic with his shit. And, you know, Ali's not being cryptic at all. He's just saying it straight up. You know what I mean? And instead of getting what he wants, he's getting the opposite effect because I think he's just saying too much. And if I were him, I'd just shut the fuck up and just, uh, you know, see what happens. Because no one wants to keep a worker that's not happy. But if you're WWE, that's a different story. But let's be real also though, Track. It was him that signed the deal for as long as he did. So in my opinion, that's on you, Ali. Not not the fans. Not WWE. It's on you, brother. And and that and that's nothing. I mean, I, that's why I can't really take his side. And I'm not, I'm not taking the WWE side either, but I'm not taking the uh, Ali side because right. it's like Ben me said it's all, all the time. Never miss opportunities to shut the fuck up. Yeah, this guy has exactly. missed opportunities. The guy has missed has missed, missed plenty of opportunities to shut the fuck up. Like he still bring bring up the whole him asking for what his, his his release on social media when he when one book came came along, he was like, I, I don't want to be in one, but I want, I want my release, and when he just kept on talking shit, and yeah. and, and people were, were doing the whole hashtag free Ali on on Twitter, and Fox on Fox uh, WWE on Fox Twitter account. What the people were blocking people when when that that happened. And you know who wants the, the that that account, right? Right. Well, who who runs it? Ryan Satin. Does he? I've heard that. I've heard rumors that he's the one that runs it. But is that true? 
That 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 the the one I'm hearing around. He he's the he's the one that won the Twitter account, and I, it, it doesn't doesn't surprise surprise me. Over well, the smart smart ass comments that that Twitter account has made uh for the past several seven months, but um Ali he does need to set the fuck up, and he and maybe just maybe he will get his, his release. He get his wish, cause that's something that he, he just can't do in uh, in wrestling. It doesn't matter what kind, what promotion you're in, whether it be a major promotion or, or any promotion. You just 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 shut the fuck up and just do, do you. Yeah. And when you get cut, when you get let go for that promotion, then you can talk all the shit you want. Yep, it's true. Well, I'll continue with WWE news because WWE apparently filed a trademark for NXT Level Up and Joey Gonzalez for wrestling and entertainment related purposes. On February 9th, to the United States Patent and Trademark Office, they also trademarked for Superstore Access for merchandise-related purposes on February 8th to the USPTO. Should we be thinking anything of this? It's just, you know, pointless fucking trademarks, true? It's just pointless trademarks. It's pointless uh, name for Western events, pointless names for superstars and probably not going to be used at all on TV. Like, look, look at Veer. Like how how when how many times we gotta see him coming on wall? He's coming, bro. He's coming. He's coming on someone's face by the sounds of it, bro. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, during a recent interview with Esquire Middle East, Lita gave her reasons why she decided to return to WWE instead of accepting an offer from AEW. Lita stated, "AEW is doing exciting stuff. It's brought new life in the industry." Anytime there's competition, it's good. It revives the industry. When they reached out to me, I did consider it. I said, we can talk. I'm interested. You guys are doing some interesting stuff. But ultimately, upon talking to them, it just made me say to myself, but I have all these things already. I have those things with my home that I've known for 20 years, with the people that I've worked with for 20 years. Basically, I gave them my blessing. I said, I will watch you and I support you. And I want you guys to do great. But this just doesn't feel like the right fit for me right now. What do you think, Jack? Did Lita make the right decision? Uh, I think I think she did. Because I think um there's still some great matches we, we can see from Lita and WWE, like the one we gotta see next week, uh it's in Saudi, uh against Becky Lynch. And she can go against someone like uh Weir Whipley, uh, Bianca Belair. Um, they, they, uh, and even, even saw it. I mean, they still, they was teasing that, that match, uh, for a little bit, but as far as her, uh, decline, her, the her, her offer from AEW, I think it was the right, right move. Cause I don't, I just, I just don't think that her being AEW would be a good fit. Cause he, I mean, you have women like, you got women like Thunder's, uh, um, Serena D, Mercedes Martinez and all that, but those those women can work so so much against uh the person that has lack of experience, like a web of it, like a, a Sky Blue or a Jay Cargill. You know, she still she even though she's doing good, still has a lot of work to do. So I think having Lita uh going back to WWE was the right call. And who knows when once the WWE once the AW women women gets better, we might see Lita in in the AW, but. As right now, I don't think it's the right move for her to go to AEW. And it's just sticking with WWE is what, what the right call. I agree 100%. Do you think Lita's going to get another one last great run in WWE? I, 
that that's a tricky one because I mean we all obviously we're not we all, obviously it's, it's kind of a clear calling conclusion that you're not gonna win uh, next week at at, at eliminated chamber because they want to be champion walk into Dallas and uh, uh and probably face Bianca Belair that's the woman that that's going on around right now but I I I do I do see uh Lita having a decent one in, in WWE. Like it kind of my kind of uh resembles of the Edge one that's going on right now, right? Um, but like I do see her out there having matches, decent matches, having good feuds with uh talent on the roster. But as far as her winning championships or whatnot, I don't think that's that could happen unless they they do they they, they believe her to the point that they, she can carry a championship in her her, her uh age. Cause WWE is not known for giving women uh in her in the forties or fifties any spotlight, which kind of pissed me off at times because they could can, can, can sit the bed with Mercedes Martinez, and yeah. I just think that her her as champion would be would not be a bad, bad a move if they if they played our card right. I agree one hundred percent, man. Well, we get more news from the Wrestling Observer's Uncle Dave Meltzer. You reported in Friday's Daily Update that the reason why Pat McAfee was absent at this past Friday's SmackDown show was due to him currently being in Los Angeles, California for the Super Bowl. Meltzer reported that due to WWE tapings two episodes for SmackDown this past Friday, McAfee will also be absent from next week's episode as well. Anything to report here, Track? No, I mean, I, I, I mean... Pat, I, I I'm not I, I tolerate Pat McAfee more than Corey Graves because Corey Graves can fuck off and die. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I'm I'm I mean I'm, I mean I don't want to step upon a guy, but I think I just think Corey Graves is annoying as fuck. I never like Corey Graves. He's I never like him as, as a wrestler or a commentator. He says he talks to them too much shit, and he's always got makes me better than everybody. I mean, he, he he but he the guy guy, guy sucks. Pat McAfee being a Super Bowl makes sense because he, he's a former football player. So, yeah, none, none really important here. Well, I think McAfee has been one of the best things for WWE, especially since he joined the SmackDown commentating team. Him and Michael Cole are just great together. They complement each other well. As far as Corey Graves goes, ah, come on. He's a douchebag, but he's, I, I like him, though, for, for commentary as a douchebag. He's basically Jerry the King Lawler, just more obnoxious in some ways. I mean, he, the, guy, the guy is a walking, talking, talking book. And like, <laughs> he take the fast sleep. <laughs> Hot damn. Check with the bobs, man. Anyway, WB reportedly is currently interested in potentially signing AEW talent Jade Cargill once her current contract with AEW expires. According to Matt Men Pro Wrestling, Andrew Zarian reported that WB officials' level of interest in Cargill has grown now that they've gotten to see what she can do on television. Yeah, we all know that they wanted, she essentially had signed with WWE. WWE wanted her before she even signed with AEW. But she turned it down, and here we go again. I mean, I don't see it, bruh. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it either. I don't, I don't know why WWE started start to uh, look, at, look, for her, look at her now after pretty much letting her go at, at the trial. Just... It's like I hate when they, they they do this. Like they had to give uh the the talent uh contract uh like uh, trials, they they turn them down, go into the, the promotion, and once they see them succeed, 
It's like, oh, uh, let, we we want to bring bring him in. Like, don't don't even try to back backpedal. You, you turn him down, turn turn Jay Cargo down before, and I and I want her, want, want her back because he's doing doing good in uh, AW. Like, hard hard pass. I mean, I'm glad that Jay Cargo chose AW over uh, WWE anyway because I don't think she would be in the, the state the the, the place that she, she's in right now if she wasn't WWE. She's a specimen, dude. I do see WWE liking, like, you know, the chances of them having her. But unless they offer her fucking boatloads of cash, there is no chance she's moving over there. Anyway, Melter also reported in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter that the recent reports and rumors of Tyson Kidd recently leaving WWE are actually not true. Melter reported that his sources stated that the origin of the rumors is based on miscommunication regarding the reason why Kidd has been absent backstage in recent weeks. This miscommunication was the cause of rumors spreading around backstage of Kid quitting the company, but instead he is currently at home resting due to issues related to his past neck injury. Meltzer also reported that WWE officials currently expect Kid to return to the company once his rest break is over. What did you think about this, man? Did you believe the the rumors and the Chinese whispers of Tyson Kid possibly gone from WWE? I, I didn't believe it for a second. Um, he, I mean, what, what I'm hearing, he he doesn't doing a very pretty good job as a, as a producer, producing matches. Um, I mean, it's just another case of Gabe Melser making up rumors and quickly, uh, you know, bad pellings and oh, I, I, my sources said it said it was true and I like 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 I, I this Melser does this all the time. It's like that's why I don't really believe the, the Western server that much because they always say that this this one thing is happening, then another thing happens, and they're always saying that. Oh well, we got the wrong source. No, you, you were wrong. Doesn't make you wrong. Yeah, but you never will. <laughs> That's the problem, Track. You <laughs> never will. Well, during a recent interview with the Pat McAfee Show podcast, Seth Rollins stated that his Mount Rushmore wrestling would feature Hulk Hogan, John Cena, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin in terms of biggest drawing power stars, and Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Eddie Guerrero, and Brian Danielson. In terms of best ever in-ring wrestlers, Rollins goes on to state, Are we talking wrestling or are we talking drawing money? Because those are different things in our business, which is the entertainment business. Money drawing is the biggest thing. If we're talking there, you got to start with Hogan. you got to put Cena there, Rock and Austin, top four. But in, in terms of in-ring of all time, you got to put Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number four, controversial pick because he's still active, Brian Danielson. I actually think in-ring... He's one of the greatest of all time, and I think when it's all said and done, he'll be up there with the with those guys. Do you agree with Seth Rollins, or maybe not? First of all, Cole Hogan. I I, I know I missed an opportunity to fuck Cole Hogan. <laughs> um, um. Second of all, I mean he does have a point with when it comes to drawing money. The four guys that, that drew money. Um. Austin was or, or big or top money sellers, like top guys that would sell money during that era. And well, um, Hogan, he he of course he, he would have made star back back in the day, but like as far as his wrestling skill was concerned, he's he he was awful. Like constantly selling moves and just uh, dictating his his uh, his uh, stupid ego backstage, doing the whole. That work for me, brother. Every time he uh 
he find he he he's at to drop the belt or lose to someone. It it always happens every time he's backstage and it pisses pisses me off. As far as uh the wrestler like wrestlers that can actually wrestle, um Bret Hart of course he does be belong belong on his on that list, list because he he's an influencer to a lot of people. Like take it to um CM Punk, this guy does like the same uh like you know move moves and uh antics that he does in the ring uh, at, at, at times. Um, a Grell, of course, he, he deserves to be on that, that list because the, the guy is a very special. So he's one of the, he won the best uh, in uh, Lucha Libre. Um, and that I don't, I don't disagree with that. As for Brian Danson, uh, I mean, that that's a tricky one because he is active, but at the same time, I do, I, I don't blame Ron uh, for saying that because He's been in the ring with uh, with, with, with Danielson a lot of times, and he knows how good he really is. So saying, him saying that Brian Danielson is on Mount Westmore, a great wrestler, a great greatest wrestler of all time, is it? You can't say that that that's a, that's a stress or a waste because Brian Danielson is that damn good. Like look at all, look at the matches he's been he's having in AEW right now. Like the guy is on a tear right now, and I don't blame people for saying that he's. One of the best in the world. I, hell, I, I said I, I said a couple of times that he's the greatest wrestler of all time. So it would say someone saying that I have no problem, no issue with that. So the four, the four, uh, the Mount Rushmore he he picked for the one to draw draw money and the one uh that Cassie Russell. I don't uh, disagree with him. Yeah, hate him or love him, Hulk Hogan needs to be in that Rushmore man because this this faced the facts. Hulk Hogan was. Pretty much the reason why pro wrestling became mainstream in the first place, man. And that's, you know, whether you love him or hate him, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I totally agree with the Mount Rushmore, except for one. And I'm not 100% certain, but I will take Cena out and put Taker in that Rushmore, dude. I think, uh, I, I'm look, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Undertaker is out John John Cena just from sheer fact that of his longevity. And just his status in in WWE, bro. I mean, I I I, I do I do see see that because uh, even when even when he's he's retired, Undertaker is still the most talk about uh, legend in in WWE right now. Right. And it's like they promote the hell they they promote the hell out of him in in, uh, in the in the new uh, WWE 2K22 game, like they sure. have in the. The pure bonus of him uh, having all these different versions of Undertaker. So even when he's he's not wrestling, he's he's still a draw. He's still he still have people uh, just head over heels for Undertaker and like and it does, you still see people wearing Undertaker merch. And like I do, I I don't blame uh, I don't blame him for picking him him over Cena because Cena, yeah, he was hot for like a little bit, like he was hot for like a few years, but. Now, like when you got you had guys like but uh, Rainbow coming in, Batista, um, Boom Reigns, those guys end up in more uh sales than John Cena at one point, even Punk when he was in WWE. So, I don't I don't uh, disagree with you put putting a taker over Cena when it comes to a draw money because the Undertaker is still uh still uh relevant for a lot of people and he's he's still. Uh, they're uh, people. They still he still draw money without wrestling anymore. So I don't disagree with you on on, on that. On that pick. 
Absolutely, bro. And as far as the in-ring, you know, top four, five wrestlers go, Danielson has got a, he's got every right to be in this conversation. Although you'd have to fucking put Kurt Angle above him, though, dude. I'm surprised he didn't mention Angle. When you really think about it, man, during his peak, for a guy that was from amateur from the amateur wrestling world, and the way he took to fucking pro wrestling like a fish to water. Man, I just think Kurt deserves to be in that in that conversation. And it, it, it was up, up to me, and Chris might hate me for this, but oh. I probably put Kuringo over a Bret Hart. Oof, that's heat by the Mister BS himself, bro. Because um, Kuringo, Kuringo was a, a really good wrestler too, and I mean. It helped help him a lot being uh, having that uh, amateur background, and he had a lot of great matches um, in WWE before uh, before or during while he was on the perk, um, and during and during teen, teen, teenage days too. So like, I yeah yeah I might, I might catch heat for from Chris, but I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah. the guy the guy Jeff uh, Durskoff brought hard every time change he get. And I, I mean, me personally, I. There's some there's some things I don't I don't get the hype from Bret Hart. I mean, but I mean, Kurt Angle is uh, more of a skilled wrestler than than uh, uh Bret Hart in certain 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 degree, and that that's when that's when he's not on on a perk. But I mean, Kurt Angle, uh, me I place him over uh, uh Bret Hart. Full check went pop 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 pop. Chris, right there, man. Is is he gonna challenge? Is he gonna accept the challenge from Track? We'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, man, that's controversial. <laughs> that's very controversial indeed. Because I was a big Brett fucking Mark too, bro. I hate to say it, but I was. So yeah, man, that's very controversial. But uh, I like it. Well, moving from WWE news, let's move on to AEW. And we have indie wrestler Nick Wayne reportedly was offered and accepted a contract from AEW. Following his match for Defy Wrestling at the Defy Year 5 event on Saturday in Seattle, Washington. According to the Wrestling Observer, Brian Alvarez reported in a recent, in a recent episode of the Wrestling Observer Radio that Wayne's deal is similar to an apprentice-type contract due to Wayne currently being underage at 16 years old. I didn't know there was apprenticeships in professional wrestling, but anyway, I'll keep going. The terms of his deal requires him to first finish up his high school learning and will convert into a regular type deal once he reaches 18 years old. Ah, interesting. What do you think about this? I mean, I didn't even know there was an apprenticeship in professional wrestling. I mean, all I gotta say is uh, Nick Nick Rain. Who? That's, that's all. I, that's all I say. I mean, I I I heard of Nick Rain name in the news uh, here and there, but as far as I don't know much about this guy. And it's like, yeah, he offered, he got offered a, a, a contract. He got to finish high school, you know. But like, I thought I don't, I don't, see, I don't know anything about Nick Rain. And if the dog battling off all people is giving off him a contract, he must be, he must be good. But wow. I don't really know anything about about that guy. Well, that makes two of us check because I don't have a clue either. I'm just reporting the news, my friend, and. uh if he's getting signed at 16 years old, this kid better fucking be good, man. Because AEW's already putting yeah. pressure on this kid just for the fact that they're signing him at a 16 years old. 
we'll wait and see for the future. Maybe he is. Maybe he's the next big thing. Who knows? We'll see. But during a recent interview with the in, with with the Insight with Chris Van Fleet podcast, Christopher Daniels stated that he would be interested in teaming up with Frankie Kazarian again in the future. Daniels stated. Daniels goes on to say, we weren't looking forward to it, but it was a calculated risk to sort of make that offer. At the time, there was a wide variety of tag teams in the company, and I felt like there was an opportunity for us to maybe do singles as well if the match went the way it ended up happening. I would love an opportunity to tag with Frankie again. If that was the case, at the same time, if singles is the way we must go, we're both very accomplished singles wrestlers, and we were before as, as SCU. And I think Frankie has proven that he can still go. And I'm looking for that opportunity to prove the same thing once again. Now, as you get, as I get your answer, I'm just going to quickly get something. So please, Track, continue telling our listeners what you think, dude. Well, um, I, from, uh, Frankie Zarian and Christopher Daniels, uh, I always thought that these two were a really good tag team, whether it was in TNA uh, or Ring Warner. Um and the fact that they didn't get a fair shake at a tag team in AEW kind of, kind of disappointing because they these guys are pretty damn good at a tag at, at a tag team and at singles and partners. Um, I do think I, I am kind of bummed out that we haven't seen Christopher Daniels in AEW wrestling in singles matches. I mean, we, he's seen Cass, but haven't we haven't seen uh, Daniels in, in singles matches in AEW? We've been wrestling on Impact Wrestling and in, in, in Indies. But we haven't seen him in AW uh, since that that uh, tag team match with um with the Young Bucks. So do I want to see uh Cash and Daniels team up again? Yeah, a couple of uh, indie indie appearances. But as far as you know, in, uh, like doing like doing like a team up tag team up again in uh, like AW or Impact Wrestling, I don't think so. I mean, just if they do uh, uh, tag teams in Indies, that would be a, a lot funner than AW Impact. My opinion. I agree, man. And uh isn't Christopher Daniels the friggin' uh talent relations guy of AEW? I, th- I think so. Yeah, well anyway, he's just in impact. We don't even see him in AEW. But anywho, <laughs> in a recent interview with the Sports Generals podcast, Max Caster of the Acclaimed originally revealed that AEW originally had planned for Chris Jericho's inner circle to be named the Acclaimed. How's that? Casa stated, this is another Tony Khan idea. <laughs> he apparently had this idea for a tag team called the Acclaim. Excuse me. For a long time. Also heard that it was almost the name of the inner circle in AEW where he pitched to Chris Jericho. What if it was Chris Jericho and the Acclaimed? Like your band. It sounds stupid already. Anyway, since Chris is a rock star, they didn't go for that. Tony, I guess, just wanted a tag team called the Acclaimed. From there, it was just up to us. Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, you are the acclaimed. Oh, great. What is that? We sat back and realized that it makes perfect sense. We are both highly acclaimed professional wrestlers in our area on the independent. Me and Anthony have a very similar past, which is a lot of people would tell us, you guys are incredible wrestlers, but you just need to be on TV. You don't fit into the independence. That's something that always frustrated us because it sucks being told you don't belong here, if though you're the best. We've proven everyone right. We got on TV and we became everyone's favorite tag team. We're highly acclaimed wrestlers and we're highly acclaimed outside of wrestling. Me with the music. Anthony is a model and actor. He's in a lot of commercials and he's a YouTuber. We're highly acclaimed in multiple fields. And that's really what the acclaimed is at its core. 
Now, people want to hear what I say, and I want to see Anthony Superkick people in the face, and they want to see me drop the elbow and win. What do you think? Well, thank God that these guys are uh, claim and not quit Jericho in a circle. Like, what the hell? Like, that that, that, that does sound, sound stupid. Like, um, I mean, they claim this better with Match Caster and Anthony, Anthony Bournes anyway. Cause they are uh they, they whatever whatever that Matt Caster said he has a point with that because he had they have gone into the same uh uh loose because they they came from Western Pro and uh Career, Career Pro and they end up teaming up together and and they end up being a pretty uh, popular tag team. I'm not I don't think they I don't think anyone lo- everybody loves the, the claim. I mean you you love them. I'm kind of uh, up there. I'm kind of up there, uh, iffy a little bit. I mean, there the the, rap, the rapping from Matt Caster is funny because it gets in, in the inside of people's heads. He's not trying. He's not trying to please the crowd with rap no, rap skills like it's not a bit that. was. And um, and um, uh, they, they, uh, like Setwell was trying to like rap. See, oh, I'm the best rapper here. Like blah blah blah. No, Matt Caster was trying to get inside your head, like like kind of like he did last yeah uh, on this past Saturday when he uh fought. Brian Case talk about how he he's been on on TV more than Brian Case had yeah. the last last few months. Yeah, no doubt. Man. That's how. That's why that's why I like Matt Caster's rapping versus um, uh, Hitwell because it it doesn't it doesn't remind me of John Cena when he's doing the thug thug knowledge gimmick, and yeah, and uh, the claim uh, having them the claim not uh, not quit Jericho. It, it, it fits better than with him than Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho will try probably try to get that shit over and probably probably fail miserably. You know, just like he tried to get over the GFY, go fuck yourself, and that fell miserably. And he stopped saying that for he stopped saying that in a, a couple weeks later because I mean it's just stupid. I mean I like how Ash Caster and Andy Bourne on the claim and Chris Jericho had their inner circle. But I don't know how long the inner circle will be. It'll be in a, in a circle after down down dynamite. Yeah, man, and that's the thing that people need to understand. Max Caster isn't isn't trying to be the next Nas or the next lyrical fucking genius of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? He's just fucking rapping to be funny and to get into the opponent's head. And quite frankly, in my opinion, man, he does a great job doing it, man. And and Max Caster, trust me, he can rap, dude. If you look into him, he can actually rap. And I think he's a talented cat, man. I think he can go. Same with Bowens. I think they both complement each other as a tag team. But for me, Caster is the freaking star of the group or of the team. And I hope he goes on to bigger and better things. But yeah, we'll wait and see, man. But as noted as noted before, Keith Lee was released by WWE this past November and made his official debut for AEW at this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Dave Meltzer reported that this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that prior to his release, WWE officials felt Lee had a weight issue due to his bout with COVID-19. He also had health issues last year. Meltzer also goes on to report that these weight-related issues were still visible when Lee made his official debut for AEW, due to him looking much heavier than he was at the time of his release from WWE three months ago. What do you think? Do you think he looks much heavier? Because I don't. I don't see. It. I don't see it either. Like he, he's he's just the same way he was when I, when he debuted in a, in a tape. Like I, I don't. I mean, I don't think uh, Keith Lee is is fat. Fat. Like he's not. He's not oldest fat. He, I agree. He's a, a fit. 
he's fit fat. Like yeah, he, yeah he, he had the, he, he had the he had the gut out, but like he's not like you know like over overshadowing the fact that he's uh this mount mount of a man that does flipping shit, like like a cruise rate. And of it's course, true, yeah, you got you got to have got to have uh health issues or like you know weight weight issues when you deal deal with COVID. Like I I, I lost a couple of pounds when I was dealing with COVID. You probably you probably did too. Yeah, we for all, sure. We all deal. We all we all were dealing with some kind of health issue when we had COVID. So I don't think Keith Lee is fat or gaining gaining any weight. I think he looks looks fine to me, and he looks he looks great. He's out there kicking ass, taking names like he's like he been doing for years and I don't see a big deal about uh, his his weight I agree man because I don't see it man I thought he looked great in the ring he was still moving like he was a freaking cruiserweight I don't think there's ever any big man that can move quite like fucking uh, Keith Lee did man or does because the only one I can think of was Bam Bam Bigelow right and uh, yeah man I mean, I think I think he still looks good. I don't understand what people's problem are when it comes to his weight, but it is what it is. But anyway, we move on to TK, AWC CEO Tony Khan recently denied reports and rumors of him running for the U.S. House of Representatives track for Florida's fourth district. The origin of the rumor reportedly was based on reports from Jacksonville Today, Pro Football Talk, and NFL.com's Ian Rappaport which stated that recent filings revealed that someone named Khan registered to be a candidate for this year's congressional elections. Dave Meltzer reported in this week's Dressing Observer newsletter that filing was made on September 13, 2021, but was done fraudulently by an alleged resting fan. What the fuck? (laughs) These resting fans got my goddamn nerves. I mean, like, He's what? First of all, I don't think Tony Khan would would uh, would be interested in doing that anyway. Second of all, like these these fans try to, try to fraud uh fan wrestlers, it's getting it's getting out of control. Like we already had to deal with that last last year with uh Seth Rollins getting yeah. attacked by a fan. Right. I mean, I, we don't we don't need to do that. Shit, that's it to uh, uh past year because this is this is stupid shit. It's kind of dumb, and I don't get it. Why, why would Tony Khan be interested in that in, in the first place? He he always had a lot of shit to do as a president of AEW, so I don't think he had time time at all of one of for whatever the hell that that is. <laughs> I agree, man. There's nothing much more to report it other than that, man. But uh, yeah, you know that fan you brought up with Seth Rollins. Apparently, he was spotted in another WWE event, which I thought he was banned for life, dude. What the fuck? I thought I, I, I you were going to be in too. Like, when you, you freaking attack the superstar, like, clear as day. Like, that's that's a give you brand, brand for life. But apparently, he was also uh, attended, he also did the Survivor Series too Jesus after the God. whole incident. It's like, uh, do, do, do they have, do they even have good security in WWE shows? Like, I'm pretty sure they, they don't. Like, I'm pretty sure if Enzo would have come back and in, uh, in, in the sky, then I think they'll probably be, they probably wouldn't know, wouldn't know it was him, him again. That's cray cray, bro. That is cray cray. Vince, get your fucking shit together with security, man. God damn it. Anyway, more from Dave Meltzer. Apparently, he reported in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter that he's 
Sources stated that the reason why Cole O'Reilly has been absent from recent AEW shows is due to him being granted paternity leave due to the recent birth of his child. Yeah, um, he, his, uh, his wife got uh, gave birth and this, uh, a few weeks ago, and he that's when he hasn't been uh, on TV. That was same, but that doesn't mean how uh, Bobby Fish not on, but not on TV. You can still have Bobby Fish on TV doing this whole shenanigans with the, the elite. So I mean, I don't know why they have uh, Bobby Fish on TV and and uh, riot off. Cause they don't do this with all, all the tag teams. Cause look at Darden Darden Martin while his brother is out with an injury. Yeah. It, they have something to do with, with uh, their tag team partner. So that doesn't make sense. But congratulations, Kyle Kyle and Wiley and his wife. And now we uh, we wait to see if he ever comes back. Yeah, we might, we might, we might as well call him instead of Red Dragon. It's MIA. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, PW Insider's Mike Johnson reported that former WWE coach and producer Ace Steel was seen in attendance backstage at AEW's Dynamite show this past Wednesday in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Johnson reported that Steel was also seen at AEW's recent set of AEW dark tapings at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Anything to report here? Do you think Ace Steel could be signing with AEW? If it does sign, he's probably going to be sending catering. <laughs> yeah but you know what man if he does sign it's a good pickup for for a backstage guy man i think he's a good coach man yeah he he work well as, as a coach but as a wrestler i think i think it'll be a little bit too crowded for them being a wrestler oh definitely you won't be signing as a wrestler don't worry about that but during a recent interview with the barstool wrestling podcast joey janela provided an update regarding the regarding the current status of his AEW contract and talks with the company for a new deal. Janela stated, you tell me. <laughs> he goes on to say, I don't know. I don't even talk to them. Yeah, I get a check, but I don't know what's going on. Some rumor says my contract is up on April 30th, so I don't know what the fuck is going on. I think it will continue. If it doesn't, I look like a fucking idiot right now. I just said it, that this is going online. What the fuck was this shit? Is Joey on off his head or what, man? I mean, George Nell is already on his fucking head. I mean, the <laughs> guy had done some crazy shit in, in wrestling. Like he done he he probably he been been off his head a little bit too much. But um, him uh saying that he that he hasn't been talking to TK or anyone AEW about his contract, it's kind of shady to me. Because if you have if you have your contract up soon, you got in some way, shape, or form. You got to talk to the, the owners or the person uh, somehow. Talk about if, hey, you want me back here or not? If you, you're not going to want me back, you're not going to have me back right. here. You're not going to have me uh, some sign a new contract. I could just leave my contract up. They probably do, they do that all the time in WWE because they, they they will talk to a certain talent that have a, their contracts went out uh, 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 near, and they 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 had leave, leave it to the wrestlers to make their decision. Like yeah. like the uh, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, John Gargano, they they do this all the time. But this, I mean, I don't know why AEW does do this because it'd be it'd be good for them to uh, communicate with their talent once in a while, especially with their t- contracts are winding out. I agree one hundred percent. So hey, Joey, you fucking lazy bum, how about you fucking give them a call and don't wait for them to call you, you spastic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to an entertainment website 
called popculture.com who held a recent interview with Chris Jericho and one of the topics discussed included Jericho's thoughts about the future of his wrestling career. Jericho goes on to say, I mean, obviously, now at 51, there's more years behind me than there are ahead of me. But if you would have asked me five years ago where I was going to go, I probably would have said I'll probably stop in the next few years. But then AEW started and it just rejuvenated everything for me. Not that there's any comparison, but I think I'm kind of taking the, on the likes of the Undertaker role in a WWE for his, for, for his last few years there. Where every time he does something, it's impactful and means something. He's a benefit to have in the locker room. He's a leader. He's very experienced. He can tell guys and girls what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. It's just a good person to have around your roster. So when, I will, when will I stop? I don't have a deadline on that, but there's a lot more you can do than just being in the ring as time marches on. So I think my presence in AEW will be felt for many years to come. For all those reasons that I just explained, because there's a lot more to do with our company and with Chris Jericho and AEW. Is it just me or does he come across as very egotistical in this in his little response about when will he retire? I think he came out as a bit a bit of a dick here. Um, I mean, Chris Jericho. I mean, first of all, don't ever compare him to Undertaker. He's not he not on the level of Undertaker. And then the happy he go out and and wrestle uh, for twenty plus WrestleMania's and win twenty one of them, then we could talk. But other than that, uh, Chris Jericho and I mean. He is close for him. Of uh, is it close to him hanging up, hanging up the, the boots? Because if we see him right now at AEW, we they get tired of them. Some of the, they get tired of seeing Coach Jericho on TV, and they even tired of of, the, of, of of them seeing the song every time he comes out. Like Coach Jericho is overstaying as well in AEW, in my opinion. And I've seen a couple of people uh, say that on social media. Um, but like Chris Jericho, AEW, just he's just trying to get him to get sit over, trying to make it sit up all by himself. And I, I, I hope after Dynamite this past went this this uh, up on Wednesday, we see Santana Ortiz saying "fuck you," we're going going on our, our separate race and, and uh doing our, our own shit. Because what Santana said on Dynamite this past Wednesday had he had he spoke a lot of. Or every time he they, they go out there and have the titles or they go they try to do something on their own, they all gotta save save Chris Jericho's ass. So I I hope that Tanner and OCs go out on their separate and leave it in a circle and just and have just Chris Jericho and Hager being a, a duo because the inner circle is is not not as what what it used to be uh, two years ago. You really think AEW is actually sick of of Chris Jericho? I don't think AEW is sticking on by. I think the fans are sticking him, uh, seeing him on, on TV just doing some ridiculous shit, putting stuff over all the time, trying to get shit over that that don't work at all. Like, I get that he could, he could call two point hole, uh, Terrence Pillow because that get their game. Yeah, yeah. But if I was him, if I was him, I would call him Bert and Ernie for season because <laughs> why track why. <laughs> Uh, every time, every time they, every time they see uh, they have these guys on TV, they they come out a little bit sus, sus to, to me. Because <laughs> walk around, walk around, walk around, saying that you want taste, you want taste. No, I don't want taste. Okay, go back to go go back to Sesame Street and, and taste on Easter. <laughs> but it's just, oh, I mean, 
that he does not clicking on 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 uh, some certain certain people's cylinders when it comes to promos or him in, in the wrestling ring. He does not. He's not the quick Jericho like we used to love and know and love down during the Attitude Era, the Wolves of Western Era. I agree, man. I agree, one hundred percent. Although I still enjoy watching Jericho, but yeah, he's not the same Jericho, no doubt about it, man. Well, former WWE talent Mia Yim announced on Instagram that she is currently planning on making a return to wrestling this March. Yim stated that the reason why she did not return earlier was due to her being busy planning for a wedding to Keith Lee. She goes on to say, To those wondering why I'm not back in the ring yet, February is a busy month with the wedding and the move. I decided not to take any bookings until March to focus on getting everything handled at home first. So don't worry, I'll see you all in the ring in March. HBIC. I mean, her her uh, take time off uh, for uh, the wedding and uh, then move move to a new place. It makes makes sense because you don't want to overwhelm yourself um, uh-huh. and take bookings while while you're doing stuff on the side. Um, as far as me and Yama are concerned, I, I used to like this chick. I used to be a fan of this chick. I mean, I I, I she's she's she has an awesome look. She's she's a badass. But once she signed to uh, NFT WWE, I, I just it was dead on arrival. Cause they had nothing for her in NT or in WWE. Cause they had they had they listened they listened to the fans when they were playing on Mia during the Mayon Classic, and like and the fan they were like, okay, you want to sign her? You want me to sign her? Fine, I'll sign her. But they'll be sending catering, so they gonna be <laughs> jobbing up to women on NT, and she gotta be part of world stable in WWE history with Busan. There you go, fuck, and they. She still didn't even sign WWE in the first place because she she is too talented. She has the style of she has indie style of wrestling. I mean, I don't think her her indie style will work with working at WWE anyway. So her best bet is just to go wrestling in these. And if she want to go to AEW with uh, Keith Lee, go right ahead. But me, if I was if I was her, I would go back to Impact Wrestling and be more of a serious threat down there. And she was. When she was first in in, in Patterson as part of the, that table, the dollhouse. One hundred percent, my man. Well, let's move on to Japan. Actually, track for our Japanese listening uh, or Japanese watching fans out there. Pro Wrestling Noah announced that they have stripped Saiki Yoshioka and Yuya Susumu of their GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship due due to. Yoshioka recently suffering a broken right heel bone injury. It was also announced that they are currently scheduled match of Hayata and Yura Susumu versus Yohei and Atsushi Kotoje at their February 23rd event in Nagoya, Japan. Do you know much about these guys? I know so about no Paul Paul was a Noel. Um I'm I'm more a new Japan follower than um this this uh, poor skills of, of Japan. <laughs> Japan's land. Right. Um, let's, let's just move on. All right. Well, you bringing up New Japan, I guess it's your lucky day track because during a recent interview with the Wrestling Observer Live, Rocky Romero revealed that New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I can't read on because my phone is ringing. Thank you very much to my <laughs> friend that's calling the phone. But uh, <laughs> can you believe that shit? Unbelievable. But anyway, during a new uh, during a 
Wrestling Observer Live, Rocky revealed that New Japan Pro Wrestling had introduced another tier of their contract system during the COVID-19 pandemic for their New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong brand. Romero stated, yeah, there's a couple of different types of deals now. You know, there's obviously like the, you know, straight contracted guys, like contracted with New Japan. And then there's like a new contract that we just kind of introduced during the pandemic, pandemic where it's a New Japan Strong or a New Japan of America contract. Yeah, USA contract. So yeah, some of the strong talent, especially, you know, guys that have been well received and well pushed, I guess, you could say are guys that are under those deals. What do you think of that? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, nowadays it's hard to keep up with the whole contract situation and in company nowadays, especially with the whole with AW, how they work out their con- contract situations. Because one, one minute you see, a, you see a wrestler in, in AW for like two or three months, and and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you see a uh, and them being them saying they are elite, like months, like a few months later. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't get their their lock with their their uh signing contracts, um, because it, it is a wrestler is there running every week. Just are elite. You don't need to wait like three or four months, um, to um say they are elite. They're they stay in in the company for more than three or four months. Just stay there. Just stay there. Signed, and with, with um New Japan with their uh, contract situation, having uh one for strong, one for New Japan of America, like, I mean, I wonder, I wonder what contract Jay White signed. Did he signed contract with New, New Japan of America, New Japan, uh Japan. Uh, right. He's been in America mm-hmm. quite a lot for the past year or so. So I mean, it kind of, it's kind of, it makes me wonder is he ever gonna come back to to Japan? For sure, no doubt, man. Well, moving on from Japan, we, we have some Major League Wrestling news and recently announced that Puma King will be making an appearance for the company at the Super Fight 2022 event on February 26th in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, not much to report there, only that he's making an appearance, but let's move right along. Dave Meltzer, again, also reporting this week's Wrestling Observer news that Lucha Libre AAA recently ended their working partnership with The Crash due to the issues involving The Crash recently booking AAA talents Santor and Octagon for their shows. Malta goes on to say that AAA officials were very upset when they learned of this due to their current bad blood issues and backstage heat those two talents have within the company. I mean, I don't really know who these guys are, but apparently Crash ending their relationship, well, the other way around, AAA ending their relationship with Crash is kind of interesting, but like I said, we're not that, you know, capped on friggin' Lucha Libre. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, not much to really report there, right? Track. No, not not at all. Um, I mean, the whole Mexican Elizabeth Lucy Guessy with the partnerships and work working partnerships and having them go like like arguing back and forth. It's ridiculous. It's just so far high school bullshit. Yeah, it's nothing new in lucha libre. That's for sure, bro. But speaking of lucha libre. Conan is currently suffering from kidney-related issues due to his recent bout with COVID-19. Dave Meltzer reported that in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter that Conan is still waiting clearance from a potential donor for a kidney transplant surgery in regards to his two donors who were recently found one reportedly currently lives in Mexico but has yet to be tested to see if he would be compatible with the other donor was rejected for the time being due to him being overweight. 
Let's hope he gets better ASAP, dude. I mean, he's had these troubles in the past before, bro. Yeah, Cohen. Uh, I mean, Cohen is. I mean, I, he's been one of my favorite uh, people on the mic on the microphone uh, during the TNA Impact Wrestling days. Um, he he always uh, he's, he's very underrated on the, on the microphone, and he also uh, very underrated in the wrestling ring. Um, I will really, really hope he does get get well soon, and, and he does get uh, uh a good kidney so we can we can hear. Him. Uh, hear him and see him, see him again in wrestling. Right, absolutely agree, man. Get better soon, K Dog. Uh, moving back on to WWE news, we've got more news about WWE reuniting the New Day for the SmackDown brand. WWE recently moved Big E over from their Raw brand to their SmackDown brand and reunited the New Day as a three-man group with Kofi Kingston and, and King Woods. But Fightful Select reported that their sources stated that Vince McMahon was the person responsible for reuniting the group due to he missed the magic of New Day that they created together. It was also reported that McMahon was also adamant about Big E and Kingston not being referred to as the New Day on WWE television and instead to be simply stated as Big E and Kofi Kingston. This message reportedly was not followed initially since the duo was still being listed as New Day both internally and on WWE's YouTube channel, and up until very recently. In regards to McMahon's original decision to split Big E away from the New Day, their sources stated that this was due to McMahon feeling that a top babyface should be on his own in most situations. What do you think, Chuck? I I think this whole idea of having the new back together, this, this and right now, is, is stupid as fuck. Like... <laughs> They could have easily had a new day together when uh, Biggie was on his own. Like, why? What was the what was the big problem of having Kofi and Xavier go to go on the wall and having Biggie on, stay on on Smack, SmackDown and having to happen and having them switch brands again? Like, while Biggie was WWE champion, and now since the attendance of Biggie is not WWE champion anymore, we got to move back to to SmackDown and be an tag team. Hmm. What who other what other committee member did the exact same thing? Oh, Kovacation. Yeah. They did they they pull Kovacation on Biggie and it's it really annoying. Like Biggie could have done wonders of he could have been part of the elimination match this this Saturday next Saturday at uh, Saudi Arabia, but they didn't do that because they think that uh, Biggie not good enough to be part of be be on the hunt the WWE Championship hunt, hunt again. Like like neither did Biggie or the Kofi are not made to be part of the championship picture at the they lose it. Like this is like it doesn't make sense to me. I don't like I don't I don't like it. Like I don't I don't want to see another uh uh New Day versus Uso match. Like all the matches they had uh, all these years. They they always have great matches, but I'm getting a little bit tired of seeing them face off against each other in any any variation of New Day. Whether it be Biggie and Woods, Biggie and Kofi, Kofi and Woods is like Stop with the new day and Uso match. Like he could easily have Kofi, he could have easy Kofi was and be together while uh, B was the WWE champion. Like what was the problem with that? I agree, man, one hundred percent. But I'll tell you what the problem was. I miss the magic, pal. I miss the magic. <laughs> it's as simple as that, bro. <laughs> Jesus, really. Well, still on WWE WrestleMania Backlash twenty twenty two event announced for this May. 
Sports venue Dunkin' Donuts Center recently announced on Twitter that WWE will be holding this year's WrestleMania Backlash event on May 8th, uh, May 8th, May 8th at their <laughs> venue in Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> I just did a Cody Rhodes. It was also announced that tickets for this upcoming event will officially go on sale starting on February 16th for the pre-sale and February 18th in the, you know, for the general public. Nothing to really report other than WrestleMania backlash, pal. They got to let go of that WrestleMania part, man, and just keep it backlash. Yeah, I always thought that WrestleMania backlash was stupid name. I don't know why they, I don't know why they added the WrestleMania part in, in that, in that. Like just, this backlash, just call it backlash. It's WrestleMania, pal. <laughs> I should stop doing the Vince fucking shit. But anyway, more on cancelled plans for Kurt Angle's WWE return. As noted before, Kurt Angle stated in a recent episode of the Kurt Angle Show that WWE recently dropped their plans for his short-term return to the company. Fightful Sleek reported that their sources stated that WWE officials had originally planned for Angle to be involved in the current RK Bro versus Alpha Academy feud. One creative plan pitched included the Academy academic challenge series being called three is a challenge to play off angles wrestling days it was reported that WWE officials also had considered the idea of angle working as a special guest referee for the WWE championship elimination chamber match at their upcoming elimination chamber 22 event in country redacted (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) just saying just saying they should be called the Kashalgi Classic, bro. I mean, I, I first I don't know why they, they have the uh, eliminate chamber in Saudi Arabia anyway. I mean, just I don't that makes because they eliminate criminals, pal. <laughs> in the middle they of the street, they eliminate women, but that, <laughs> they, they probably eliminate women than, than criminals. But that's another story. <laughs> you reckon? Um, <laughs> but um, current um, him being WWE right now, I, I mean, I don't, I don't care for it. Like he was fun as a uh, general manager of a wall. He had that match at WrestleMania team with Ronda Rousey. That was that was uh, pretty pretty good. But as far as him and WWE now, it, it, would, it wouldn't make sense, honestly. Um, him along him um. Working with Gable should have been done a long time ago. Instead of having Jason Drew being Black Sun, shout out to Family Guy, instead of having Karingo and Chad Gable as a father son duo. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, Chad Gable, Chad Gable has, like, he, he, he reminded me of a, he, he reminded me a lot of uh, Karingo. I mean, that, I mean, you hear a lot of people say that all the time that Chad Gable is like the younger version of, of Karingo right, right now. <laughs> Shush. And and Chad Gable right now he does he he's been doing pretty damn good as a, 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 a tattoo wrestler um winning titles with different partners Rabbi Jason Jordan Robert Wood Otis now he's not that bad bad a wrestler and I'm glad they went back with us do the Chad Gable gimmick and not the Soy G because that was that was a, a fucking laugh stock that was a fucking joke. But I'm glad he's doing this with the Affleck. I mean, team up with Otis at, and and their their World Tag Champions. Um, always been a fa- always been a fan of his when he first came into WWE. As a, not just because he's uh, from Minnesota, but uh-huh. he's as a really good uh 
good, really good wrestler, and uh, he had his character. His character work is getting better by uh, week, 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 week. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I would have loved to see an angle in, uh, like, an American. Um, what are they called again? Fucking the, uh, the Alpha Academy. I would have loved to see an angle, America. and 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 Alpha, Alpha Academy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but as a team angle again. But for whatever reason, we never got it, and probably we never will. But who knows? Time will tell in the future if we do. But back to AEW news. Tony Khan on Keith Lee and Jay White's AEW debuts. And if he's interested in Shane McMahon, Sports Illustrated held a recent interview with AEW CEO Tony Khan. Some of the topics discussed included his thoughts on on Keith Lee and Jay White's official AEW debuts at this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite. And also, if he's interested in the idea of signing Shane McMahon. On the topic of Keith Lee's AEW debut, Khan stated, Keith's debut was incredible, much to my amazement. <laughs> Keith got released as soon as I saw that he was released. This was the moment I dreamed about. Wow, what a mark. It was crazy timing. <laughs> I'm so happy with how the debut has been received. It's very well deserved. And I'm very excited to have Keith in AEW. What do you think of Kant's words about the lovely Keith Lee? Uh, like, like you said, he's a fucking, fucking mark. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just threw up I in my mouth. I can't take this guy seriously, man. Every time he opens his mouth, every time he says anything about anyone at AEW, he wants you want to walk out. Like, how about you you act like a freaking person, like a like a grown ass man, and act and just talk like a normal fucking owner or president of a wrestling company? I mean, yeah, Keith Lee is he's a great athlete. He's a, a great specimen, but that doesn't mean how we have the president of the company googly googly eye all, all over it. I mean. I mean, just kind of fucked down. Like he's he's a great talent, and I'm glad you got him on your roster. But don't stop trying to flirt with him. Oh God! Um, just relax. Yeah, TK. I mean, seriously, pal. <laughs> oh, oh, look at that. He looks great. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I mean, enough of the Marktard shit, TK. You weirdo. Seriously. Anyway. <laughs> On the topic of New Japan's Jay White, AEW's debut, Khan goes on to say, expect to see more of Jay White in AEW. He came through the forbidden door and there were many reasons his revival transpired the way it did on Dynamite. That wasn't finalized until Sunday. I'm so excited that we could bring that excitement to the fans. I wanted to have that forbidden door element to our show. It was intentional to have that moment backstage reuniting members of the Bullet Club against their old rivals from Chaos in Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. Beretta. So there, he, he actually explains a little bit of the history between the Bullet Club and Chaos. But TK, explain it to your friggin' viewers what that even means. Just saying. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, JY would never part book up with uh, the Young Bucks at all. That's right. You're spot on. You're correct, Amundo, there, track. But uh, it's TK. Doesn't matter. And it's like, listen, JY, I mean, I'm happy he finally ate AEW. Like, he's been, been rumored and teased to be in AEW for months. But like like I, like I said on on Carnage, it's like, I just think it was, it's, it's, I think it's just a little bit too little too late. 
And I think it's I don't like the fact that he's so out of cold after he called him out on during the the New Japan Strong show. So like it doesn't make sense at all. And yeah, they he 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 brought out the whole a young buck uh blood club and chaos feud uh, back in the day, but like give us more. Give us why give us why tell us the reason why Jay Wright is aligning himself with, with uh, the elite. Like and, and and tell us why he's he's here and get and again this whole forbidden door bullshit. I the the, the whole whole the whole concept of that was way way he debuted way he spoke was just like oh the guy wearing wearing a wearing a jacket. Nobody really give a fuck about him coming oh, in. I know. He got he got he got, he got uh, Keith Lee got more more of reaction than than Jay White. Sad. And even when he turned around and and he, and he revealed his face. It was nobody really cared. He even it was the same thing that happened to him showing up on Rampage and attacking Trent Burrell. Nobody really give a fuck. And I'm I'm sorry. It's like if people watch more uh, more uh, uh, wrestling outside AEW or WWE, then people will probably know who the fuck right is. Spot on, my friend. Spot on, man. It's true, man. And first of all, TK, you should have booked friggin' Jay White with a mic first and foremost, but they missed the boat with that too, man. <laughs> It is what it is. Clearly, TK is a big Jay White fan and knows him very well. Not. Anyway, still on TK, he goes on to talk about on the topic if he's interested in signing Shane McMahon. Khan goes on to say, I'd certainly take the call. I'm sure he'd be an, an interesting person to talk to about wrestling. I'm not sure exactly if he would be a fit. I have not heard from him and I don't expect to hear from him. But in this business, you never know. I call bullshit. TK, bullshit. He's never yeah, going to AEW. It's not happening. Yeah, this whole thing story is is complete bullshit. It's like, I mean, first first and foremost, I don't get why he was part of almost in the world in the match at all. Well, when I when I heard about it, like after the fact, he switched up the numbers so he can he could be part of the Final Four with a Bad Bunny and Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, and it's like. I also heard that he was supposed to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and, and he also was part of Paul Peace, part of the elimination match for the WWE Championship. And Saudi, Saudi was placed, and he was placed. He was placed by uh, Austin Theory, uh, Vincent Man's other son. Yeah. Um. And and him being an AEW would not be a good fit at all. I mean, yeah, it would be a pretty cool, cool uh moment. Because that would be like a, a cool forbidden door moment having him jump to for WWE in the AEW because you never know, yeah, you, you never thought of him being in the AEW, AEW ring or AEW backstage or whatever the hell. So, um, I don't think he's going to be going to AEW. Apparently, the uh, same man still working with the WWE with some capacity, but yeah, him and AEW would not would not be a good look at all. It'd be just weird and and unnecessary for sure agree 100 percent. moving on to women's news former ring of honor women's champ roxy offered that be contract former ring of honor women's world champion roxy has been offered a contract by wb according to dave Meltzer. she took part in the wb tryout camp last month and was offered a deal Meltzer reported it's unclear if she officially signed yet but her dropping the ring of honor title last month could be an indication that she has she was also backstage at this past Tuesday's NXT episode, according to PW Insider, further leading to speculation that she has already signed a deal 
and could be announced by WWE as part of their next performance in a recruit class. The 20-year-old began training to wrestle at age 13 and trained at Booker T's Reality of Wrestling School in Houston at age 16. She held the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship from September 2021 until last month when she lost to, to Diana Perrazzo on the on an Impact episode. What do you think about Roxy, man? She's pretty good. I think that's a good signing by WWE. I think so too. Roxy is a pretty, a pretty good worker. Um, I've seen a little bit of her during the ring wise uh, as women's champion, and also her work in uh, uh, reality wrestling. Um, she, she's really good, and I, I, I do I do see her doing well down the NFT. I think she would be a, a good pickup for them. Um, as is her her job to add down the does make sense to how I see. She might be be going to go heading that heading to WWE, and we have, we haven't heard any official word or her, her if he he signed the WWE, but um, if he does sign the WWE, it would not surprise me because they see he's good so far trials and she's also and she also was very uh good in those trials at the last time I heard. Plus, uh, uh BC will forget he works there will work for them all the time, and she probably gave he probably gave uh them a. a Put put in a good word for Rocky, and that probably gonna be the reason why she got she get signed because she's very talented. She's uh, she has a good good look, and Booker T probably gave gave him gave, like was praising Rocky a lot to the point that they had no choice but to say uh, say yeah. I agree, man. Well, last but not least, track AEW talent Hikaru Shida recently wrote an article for Japanese wrestling magazine Weekly Pro Wrestling. This article, article focused on Sheeta's thoughts on the current struggles Joshi wrestlers could experience in AEW. AEW is an organization that is constantly changing and the wrestlers come and go very rapidly. T- TV and YouTube, if you've been following AEW on Fight TV or YouTube, you'll know that the women's division in particular has seen an increase in the number of young and dynamic wrestlers over the past year. At the time of the launch, the women's division of AEW relied heavily on Japanese female pro wrestlers, and that was one of the selling points of the division. But that was only for a while after the launch. Now that being a Japanese female pro wrestler is not as much of an advantage as it used to be. Shida goes on to say, on the contrary, it has become more of a handicap in terms of language barrier, obtaining a work visa, and also the corona disaster. I myself am no exception to this, and even as a member of the AEW, since its inception, a former women's champion, I am struggling to survive in the current AEW. In AEW, there's a high degree of freedom for the wrestlers, but because of that, everything is, is their responsibility. For example, there is basically no assistance from the organization in finding a place to live, even if you are Japanese. That's how it was for me. So when I heard that Emi Sakura was moving to the US, I was worried. I've been studying English since I was a child and I speak English better than most people think, but I still had a lot of trouble. Sakura, on the other hand, was at a level where even daily conversation was questionable. Even so, she found a room on her own and is desperately trying to seize the opportunity at AEW. But even though she came to America with such determination, she was not given a chance to participate in the TV matches. There's a fierce battle to get a chance to compete before you can show off your skills in a match. That is what AEW is today. However, AEW is an organization that is always pursuing new possibilities, and I don't think that the Japanese women's wrestling has disappeared from the list of options. 
Once Corona settles down, there will be a day when AEW and Japanese women's wrestling can interact in a new way. That being said, I would like to take this opportunity to say that even if we are able to sign a contract, it's just the start. Interesting words from Hikaru Shida. What do you think of this track? Is she saying too much in your opinion, dude? <clears throat> I, I'm here. I'm hearing. I see a lot of people uh, comparing this to the whole Big Swole situation and how Joel came out on social media and expressed her feelings about AEW. And I, I do think she's saying a little too much here. Um, my in my opinion, she says that she kept her mouth shut. Like she did a Q and A on a uh, Twitter. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Um, that uh, asked her what was what's more what is more your favorite moment at AEW so far? And she said, "Oh, uh, seeing Karen and talking and talking to other wrestlers about wrestling." And I don't know if she was she was joking around or she was mm-hmm. she was being serious, but. It makes you wonder uh, what's what's really going on backstage with, with AEW and how they train their their stars. Like when Carlito uh, lost the AEW Women Championship, she has been gone gone downhill, and it's not it's not her fault. It's kind of AEW and their booking. And if I was them, I would I would I would, I would not you know I would keep on giving her the same respect that she she was given when she first came in. Like she would. One of the best talent they had on the roster. She's, you know, she she has she does speak English really really well, and she was a long long reign women's champion, uh, long long reign champion in AEW history. So, if I was them, I would just keep her, keep her giving her those best she's she's rightfully earned and deserve. And as far as her cards here are concerned, just keep your mouth shut. Okay, don't say too much. That you let be the only only time you say this. Made this kind of statement because he keeps on saying too much, then they might probably have no but let, let you go. Perfectly put, my man, and I agree, dude. I think she was saying too much, and she should shut her mouth because I don't know why she's complaining, dude. She's had a great fucking amount of opportunities in AEW. She just lost the AEW Women's Championship. I mean, damn. Come on, Ikaru. I don't know what you're bitching about. I'm just saying you've had a good run in AEW so far. We'll see what happens. I think that covers the news this week, uh, track. I think it's been a big extra, man, as a matter of fact, with a lot of news to cover. But before we go, man, tell them where they can find you as per usual, my man. Well, you can find me on Twitter at, at MadEquationist. You can find me on Instagram at MichaelDavisOne2. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, the PWHuzzleZone. And you can also find me here at PVC Network. And it's crazy how it's been one year since i've been on this platform with you guys and at first i was just a fan i was just a fan i was just one of uh, of you guys and now i'm an actual member of the pvc network family and i'm still forever grateful for that and always great always grateful to be part of the pv family those guys have always helped me out uh get the position i am now you know atro brown with the professor the math man i mean they always helped me out and get kept me going and what for them, I probably would not be doing all this shit. And I always like, have think I have them to think every day. Absolutely, man. You bring up the hustle, guys. I was the same, man. I was a fan first. And then I got to work with all the boys over at the hustle, man, which is pretty surreal. And heck, we've even got a show on the hustle, man, which is even more crazy. Who would have thought, man? And that's pretty humbling. 
And man, I've learned so much from all those boys, man. They, they're a big reason why I'm doing this right now. It's great to be actually, not only call them as friends, but also being, you know, you know, colleagues, which is, just blows my mind. So for that, man, I thank everybody there at The Hustle and also at Min Media too, man. They're also a big part. But in saying that, please like and subscribe right here at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you can find everything, not just with me, but with track. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow me at DJ Mass Effects and at the PWC Network. Uh, I guess that's it, man. But in saying that, I'm Jimmy T. He's A-Track Black Michael Davis. And you've been listening to the PWC Extra right here on the PWC Network. Peace out. Biali. Biali. Hashtag Biali. Bye. PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.